Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Who's ready for the World Cup? With just 18 days remaining before kickoff, the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 is already shaping up to be a record-smashing event. Close to 5 billion soccer fans worldwide are expected to tune in for the most watched cup in history, and nearly 500,000 supporters will descend on Doha, Qatar, for the final matches, making it the most compact World Cup tournament ever played. But the World Cup isn't just the pinnacle of excellence for footballers and fans. It's the ultimate test of safety and security in Doha. And I think you'll agree that we scored on today's guest. Here to discuss gameplay for his fifth consecutive World Cup is Helmut Spahn, Director of Safety, Security, and Access for the International Federation of Association Football, or FIFA. Helmut clocked nearly 20 years' experience in the field of safety and security before ever stepping onto the pitch. Today, far from his days as a German police force SWAT leader, Helmut's keys to success are international cooperation and creating a positive atmosphere for all. Let's dive in. Helmut, can you tell us about your background and your role at FIFA? Yeah, sure. I'm a former German uh, policeman. I served over 20 years for the German police, starting from uh, the lowest level, going to the highest level. My last position was a SWAT leader in the German police, and then I was asked to take over as a chief security officer for the Football World Cup, the FIFA World Cup 2006 in Germany, which I did. This was, let's say, a kind of unpaid leave. I was still a policeman, but working for the local organizing committee. And then I decided to leave the police and I stayed with the German Football Federation. I was the chief security officer for yeah, nearly five years until 2011 responsible for all the professional leagues, the national teams. Together with the national team, I was in South Africa. Then I got an offer from uh, Qatar to be the director general of a new established institution, International Center for Sports Security, dealing with security issues, but also in the field of integrity across the globe for a lot of different governmental institutions and also um, sport federations. And then 2017, FIFA asked me to join, and I'm now the Director of Safety and Security and Access uh, for FIFA. I'm responsible for all the tournaments around the globe, uh, all the, the World Cups, uh, under 17, under 20, for sure, Women's and Men's World Cup. This year, we are playing in uh, Qatar, the Men's World Cup, in November and December. Currently, we are starting our under 17 in India. We played earlier this year in Costa Rica. Uh, next year, Australia and New Zealand, the Women's World Cup. And it's very interesting, very challenging, but I love uh, my job. That's so far what uh, is my role and my background. Well, that's fantastic. With that kind of background, you sound like the perfect person to bring security to such a amazing event. You really can see things from many different angles, having started right at the bottom and working your way up to the top that perhaps other people don't see. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah, I try to be always open uh, to, yeah, let's say, accept new challenges, identify also different cultures, uh, different mentalities across the globe. There cannot be one unique concept and you can implement it everywhere. And therefore, it's fantastic to work with international people and to develop 
hopefully most of the time safe and secure events. Well, you're right. Things are different around the world. Yes. So what are some of the unique security and safety considerations for this World Cup compared to perhaps years past? Yeah, I think why we, in a way, all editions of the World Cup pose similar security challenges, but all of them are completely unique. We had ahead of the World Cup in Germany, a lot of discussions. Can this be yeah, really a big party? Everybody was aware that the Germans will organize it very well. They are really disciplined. Then in South Africa, we had concerns about the crime and a lot of people warned fans to, to travel to South Africa. In 2014, we had strikes by police, uh, the security personnel, which is completely unusual, for example, in Europe. 2018 in Russia, we had warnings in regard to terrorism threats. We had terrorism attacks in, in Volgograd and St. Petersburg before the World Cup. And therefore, yeah, it's completely different. All these problems, we don't have them in Qatar. There is, for example, only one land border, the one with Saudi Arabia, and there was only another gateway, which is the airport. And to control the crowd, to control the people traveling to Qatar, it's much, much easier than in, in Europe. But we can assume that we will have a large number of, of fans in Doha at the same time. They need to be entertained. They need to be, yeah, let's say, catered for. Qatar has in that field, uh, we have to say that, not really a big experience on this scale of, let's say, a huge number of people. They have worked hard in the past to do everything to run the, the, the World Cup smoothly. And we also know that media like to speculate about safety and security ahead of the World Cup, also in regard to workers' rights. But I think Qatar is ready. They did a good job, but uh, it's a completely different World Cup than the others before. Well, because things are so different from the last to the next, do you have to proactively remind your team constantly, forget what we did last time? This is a whole new thing. Yeah, absolutely. We have to be um, as flexible as possible. I think, let's say 80% of all our safety and security concepts are similar for all the different World Cups. But we have to take into consideration the different cultural, the different, let's say, organizations uh, and infrastructure in regard to safety and security in the country and the different challenges. And we all know the world is changing very, very fast. In 2018, we never expected that we have a situation like the clash between Russia and Ukraine today, and it's only four years ago. To be, as I mentioned before, as flexible as possible, this is what we are doing every day, and my team is completely aware of that. Well, that's really great. Can you tell us about Team Basecamp and some of the unique security considerations there? Yeah, in general, we will have a, a comprehensive security program in place, including also team base camps. And to be honest, this is also in Qatar not very different to what was in place in the past. Every team is expecting to have a proper safety and security arrangement in the team base camps, and we will make sure that we have that. The team base camps, especially now in Qatar, with the compact nature of the World Cup, are ultimately the home away from their home. And we have to make sure that they feel really comfortable. Qatar 2022 will be a World Cup, as mentioned, like no other, uh, with teams benefiting from its compact nature, the warm local hospitality. And for the players, I think it's much more convenient than in the past. They have much more time to train, to rest, because there were no travel needed between the different host cities, which we had in the past, sometimes a couple of thousands of kilometers. Hopefully that'll make things a little easier for you with uh, people not moving around so much. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, are there any special considerations for VIPs and world leaders that are in attendance? Well, when it comes to general security arrangements during the World Cup, Qatar will not differ from previous World Cups. The safety and security of all, including the VIPs and BVIPs, is our highest priority. And when it comes to head of states, then uh, the state of Qatar will take over and manage all the security arrangements. But there are no special treatments or special arrangements in place for VIPs. That's good to know. Everyone who's in attendance can feel secure that they're being protected just like anyone else there. So that's fantastic. Correct. Other than ensuring a safe and secure environment, what are you hoping to accomplish for World Cup 2022? Yeah, we have created our own philosophy in the past couple of years. And I always say we are not organizing a security event, but a beautiful football tournament. We have to welcome everybody. And safety and security is essential. But the people visiting a stadium, a restaurant, fan park, the fan mile, a FIFA fan fest, they should feel safe and secure, but safety and security should not be, let's say, on the front on realizing uh, everything. And even more so, a city with eight brand new uh, stadiums in, uh, like we have it in, uh, in Qatar, this is something really unique for us to organize. And we want to organize a football festival. And based on the, the great cooperation with all the stakeholders in Qatar, the Qatar authorities, I'm sure that will be the case. That's an extra level of complexity if you're going somewhere with brand new stadiums where they've not had time to really think through and prove out certain security models. So now you got to think two layers deep. Yeah, we had in all the stadiums test events. Uh, We played FIFA Club World Cup in Qatar. We played the FIFA Arab Cup in Qatar. And we used all the stadiums for the World Cup. The last stadium was uh, Lusail. And we had the Lusail Super Cup with the Champions League winners from Africa and Asia with 77,000 spectators. So all the stadiums are tested and we are really convinced that we have everything in place to make this World Cup a success. Okay, good. So a little bit of history there. You mentioned something earlier that I want to dig into some more. What are some of the cultural considerations that you've had to keep in mind as you plan for a safe and secure World Cup? Yeah, I think... Cultural considerations apply in all countries, not just in relation to Qatar. When you come to Europe, for example, or even to the US, you cannot just do whatever you want. And Qatar is not different in that area. I lived in Qatar a couple of years, and based on my own experience, I know that everyone will be very warm welcome. I can only encourage everybody, all the people around the globe, to visit Qatar. In terms of uh, does and don'ts, um, I would like to say that the common sense applies. People just need to respect each other, and that's it. And we know that there are different points of view in different areas, but you cannot change also a society, a culture from one day to the other. It takes time, and you have to talk to people to convince people. And I think the World Cup in Qatar is a good chance to show the culture, the heritage of the Arab world to the outside world. On the other hand side, maybe to drive some changes also in the country. Therefore, I see a big opportunity to host the World Cup in Qatar in general. I like how you phrased it. Just respect each other. Correct. And as the saying goes, 
when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah. That's really important to do. And that can help de-escalate a lot of situations. So with that in mind, do you have any training or special programs you've developed to tackle this for perhaps the people working the event and the attendees? Yes, we have a huge, a large training program for all the involved people, not only in the field of safety and security, but also venue management, taxi driver, people who are responsible for, for other areas. And the Qatari authorities and the police, they have been present in nearly all the major football events, Olympic Games since 2010 to learn. And there has been, as I mentioned before, really extensive training programs for years now. The whole country is, is looking forward to host the World Cup. And everyone knows that organizing the biggest event on earth Forgive me, maybe the Olympics uh, see it different. <laughs> a huge responsibility. And Qatar will live up to these expectations. And uh, the training plays a major role. What about weather? How does weather impact safety for the World Cup? I think uh, with the temperature in Qatar in November and December, teams and fans will enjoy really optimal uh, weather conditions. I don't see that weather having any sort of negative impact on the tournament safety and security. What we had in the past was some heavy rainfalls, and this is only two times, three times a year. There are, let's say, the risk of flooding of streets, because if it's two or two days really heavily raining, the infrastructure is not foreseen like we have it in the US or, or in Europe to um, prevent flooding of streets. But this is the only risk uh, we see, but Qatar, and, and we are also prepared for that. Does Qatar get sandstorms? Yeah, sometimes, but only one or two uh, days. And fortunately, the airport, for example, is close to the coast. And sandstorms in general are causing problems if they are in the middle of the country. And Qatar is a really small country, so it's less an issue than, uh, for example, in Saudi Arabia or in Iraq. What are you proudest of when you think about all the time, effort, and energy that you've put into the World Cup this year? That's really, really, really difficult to say. I'm proud of my team doing a great job. As I said, between preparation for Qatar, we have to manage a lot of other things. And I'm, I'm proud of my colleagues. They are working hard. I'm proud to have a team around me, selected also partly by me, who is working in line what are my visions, our visions, and, and that makes me proud. Well, that's spoken very well because a great leader knows that they can't do everything alone and they need an amazing team around it. Absolutely. It sounds like you've built that team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there anything in particular that keeps you up at night? Not really. Not related to my job. I'm now 61 years old. I saw a lot of critical things. I had to manage critical situations a lot of stress, especially when I was a SWAT leader, decisions have been made. And now it's more or less, don't get me wrong, a relaxing job. We are organizing a football tournament, four weeks, 64 matches in a nice atmosphere. Yeah, with spectators, they are willing to celebrate a party, to watch a football match. Yeah, so there are no sleepless nights in this <laughs> Well, that, spoken like a man with a lot of experience who knows how to build a good team to make sure that he can sleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as we close things out here, is there any advice you would give to your younger self or anything you wish you had known before you transition into this particular role? Yeah. If I look back personally, I would do everything the same way again. Sometimes you struggle a little bit, you are unsure, 
But in general, you must stay curious. You must be willing to think a little bit out of the box. You must also be prepared not to, to shy away from a, from a certain risk in regard to your personal career. Always staying in the, in the family and, and preferring security does not get you any further. That's my personal opinion. And uh, you must be willing to constantly learn and to be open to new things. And at the end of the day, also, you must trust yourself without being arrogant, knowing what you mentioned before. It's a teamwork. Yeah, you are not, let's say, a kind of a Highlander doing everything by your own. All the success is not, let's say, based on your performance. It's based on the teamwork. And it's always good to remind yourself that this is the most important thing. Well, sage advice indeed. Helmut, I know how busy you are, so I'm very grateful for your time today. I really enjoyed hearing your personal story, as well as your brilliant approach to security at this World Cup event. Thank you very much. It was also a pleasure for me to talk to you. And I hope you and uh, the audience uh, will enjoy it. How can our audience follow you to learn the latest about safety and security at FIFA? Yeah, I think most of the, the key updates and key information is published on the, the FIFA uh, platform, uh, fifa.com. And personally, you can follow me also on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn under my name. Perfect. Well, thanks again to Helmut and to you for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. As the countdown to the cup continues, we'd love for you to share the show with your colleagues and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also subscribe to the show at Alert Media's website or follow it on your favorite podcast player. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.